You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jill Hicks, and this is College Recruiting with Jill Hicks, and I'm super excited about this topic today. Um, It's going to be um, a a unique situation because I've asked a parent of one of my JH girls to be a part of this, and I haven't prepped her at all. So she is going to be sharing from uh, her authentic heart, and I hope it's going to bring about um, a comfort to all of you parents out there who are going through or will go through um, what the topic is today. And that's potentially some Zoom calls with college coaches or actually when you're even on a campus visit, some questions that college coaches might um, be asking you or just observations that they might be having. So if you missed my Facebook Live yesterday, um, you might want to go to my uh, Facebook business page, Jill Hicks Consulting LLC. Check that video out. You can scroll down my Facebook page and the the first video that pops up, I believe, would be the, um, it was on this topic, and but it was a little different in describing um, this situation that you might be involved with and why college coaches uh, evaluate the parents. So definitely go there, listen to that as well. It'll add to um, and enhance what we're gonna talk about today. So before we begin, I have Vicki here, one of my amazing JH advisors, who I thought would be great to have as part of this as well, since she's been a college coach and has a perspective of what it was like for her when she recruited. Um, and how she evaluated parents. So Vicki, be sure to pipe in at any time on that. And then I have Laura Rutherford here, and I'm going to have her take over for a few seconds here and talk about her background um, and her daughter, Emma. Great. <clears throat> Thanks, Jill. And hi, Vicki. Uh, so happy to be here and to help. And uh, I'm excited for, uh, you know, what's to come on these questions, because, yeah, I have no idea what you're going to ask me. <laughs> Um, but, but this is, this is awesome. Um, so, uh, my daughter, Emma is a training level 10 gymnast. She's 16. She's going to be a junior in high school next year. Um, you know, she had had, you know, a pretty good, or she's had a pretty good uh, career in gymnastics. Uh, but we, until sort of level nine, and we sort of have this joke, you know, level nine has not been kind, (laughs) um, because, you know, she, you know, she had a, a back injury and then she had an ankle injury and then there was COVID. And, you know, so for the last three years, you know, she has only been able to compete a couple of events in level nine. 
Um, she last this past year, she was able to compete all four events a couple only a couple times, and then rolled her ankle. Um, so it's been a lot of catching up for her. And she actually was ready to do level ten right before the break at Christmas, and then um, got COVID. So it really just has been sort of one thing after another. But, um, you know, she is focused on the ultimate goal for her, which is to make a college team. And, and really, that's all she wants. And she's really working hard to, um, you know, get her level 10 skills. And I think she's going to do level 10 next year. She's already tested out a nine. So that's worked out. And uh, yeah, I think Emma's journey has been one of just really like persistent hard work. Um, you know, she's, she wasn't born, you know, short or really strong, but she works out with a trainer and she, you know, she's adapted with her height and it really makes her lines pretty. And so, you know, she, this is what she wants and she's willing to work hard to get it. And I'm really proud of her for that. Great. That's a really good synopsis. Um, and I've been with Emma. She's, I think you guys hired me, like you said, when she was 12. Yeah. In seventh grade, she just finished want to say level seven, right? She just finished level seven or was just going into level seven and then went into eight. And she actually had elbow surgery that summer, but, but did have a pretty good level eight season, you know, despite that, but yeah, so we've been with you for a long time and uh, love every time we get to meet and chat. You know, so this wasn't even on my question. I didn't even think of it till just now, but a lot of parents wonder if they should hire us when they're younger like that. Maybe you could speak to that for your family. on the spot here. What, why did you guys hire, why did you hire me that young for your daughter and has it been beneficial? Well, definitely been beneficial for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, the reason, and I think I've actually told you this was that, um, I went to school in Canada, so I'm Canadian originally. And, um, you know, we don't have, are you Canadian Vicki? Yeah, she is. I am. Where are you from? Um, just outside of Toronto in Ontario. Nice. My mom was born in Toronto. Uh, so I'm I'm from Edmonton, and as Vicky well knows, you know we don't have this kind of uh, NCAA sport recruitment process, and and certainly Canada doesn't have near the number of of universities, right? So for me, so I'm a lawyer by trade, and and it's really important to me to understand context and background, and because I wasn't born and raised here. I knew I was coming in blind, right? I had no NCAA context, no background, no clue, absolutely no clue. And so, you know, I thought we got, we should do it early so that I could talk to an expert who could give me a clue and I would have sort of the breathing room, the time to absorb and let it all process and sink in so that when we were where we are now, right, I've got, I felt like I've, I was able to catch up for, you know, because a lot of American raised parents you know they do have this this background and context and and, but if you don't then that's why I would recommend trying to sort of hire someone like Jill earlier um because I I just knew I didn't want to screw it up (laughs) and um, that was really I was like I just need an expert and and Jill was the expert and and that's why we started really young yeah and a lot of our conversations have very little to do with recruiting because she hasn't gotten to level 10 yet um they're more about the little things that matter later and really developing Emma to manage recruiting when it comes. And I don't really always talk about that. So I'm really glad you shared that because I feel like it's been really fun to be a part of Emma's life all these years and getting to know you as well. And, and actually that's why I picked you for today 
um, because I've watched you as you've um, developed uh, Emma as a child into a young teenager and how you talk with her and how you encourage her and also hold her accountable and um, you're not afraid to, you know, have her struggle and go through things and then um, become stronger for it. So um, I'm, I'm really curious. Today's going to be good to see how you will answer these questions because you and I've never talked about this. So you're a perfect parent uh, for the situation. And um, I guess I want to now prep for all you parents out there who are going, now, what are you talking about? A Zoom call with the parent? I thought the gymnast, you know, you talk about how the gymnast needs to be doing everything and be in front and do all the talking. And so what, what's interesting is both, I think Vicki and I had clients recently who were 2024s and on June 15th, they both got calls from the same university that talked to them on the phone that day. And then after that first initial call, they asked for a Zoom with parents as their next form of communication. And this university is actually really good about this. And I absolutely adore them that they do this because this is how much they care about getting to know the athlete and you don't always see it. So here's some of my initial eight items I want parents to understand, but this, uh, let me go through this and then I'll explain. So not all schools or college coaches will ask for a Zoom with parents. It's more on the, I would say, minority side of communication through the recruiting process. A lot of times they don't even ask to Zoom with the kids. They just are on the phone, texting, getting to know them, and then they invite them to an official or unofficial visit. Okay, but since pandemic happened, a lot of times we're seeing these Zoom calls with the, at least the athlete, and now we're even seeing it with the parent. I think it's fantastic. Number two, not all schools will include the parent on these Zooms or college visits. They might have you drop off your athlete or they might just Zoom with your athlete, but um, they all do it different. Number three, uh, but many do, and they do this part of recruiting differently depending on their style of recruiting. So um, they may do a Zoom call, but it they may not even hardly talk to the athlete. They may just have a great little visit with the parent and have nothing to do about really recruiting. They might just want to get to know the parent. Number four, some college coaches feel more comfortable with parents than other college coaches. I've definitely noticed that. So they might actually not even think about parents being involved at all. Number five, some college coaches feel it is actually crucial key part in the recruiting process to get to know the parent. Number six, if your daughter ends up being recruited by a college coach that feels strongly um, that they do want to evaluate the family, it's okay. Don't um, see this as a negative. Don't see it as you've done something wrong or your athlete's done something wrong. It really has very little to do with that at that point. It's usually early on. But then some families never, our coaches never talk to the parents. And then you go on a visit on campus and that's where they do the heavy getting to know the whole family. Some college coaches go right into the family's house 
And that's the way I used to do it at Oregon State. Uh, we had the budget. So I would fly into all the recruits, watch their practice, then meet with them for dinner, then go back to their house and do my spiel. So, you know, um, number seven, this definitely can make an impact on recruiting. <laughs> so don't think you're just going to slide on by as a parent if they ask for any kind of parent interaction. Or if they don't, you are being observed typically. Okay, number eight. Therefore, that's why I think today is really important. And I'm really glad Vicki brought this up. Um, she said, I think we should do a Zoom on this because we're both having families, you know, go through this right now. So, all right. So I have some questions. Now we're going to get started with the fun part for Miss Laura here. And um, so let's see. Um, first question, Laura. What do you believe will be your role in the recruiting process when Emma starts to have back and forth communication with the college coaches? Yeah, I mean, I think my role is going to be kind of what it already is. It's just kind of, I, I call it like administrative and emotional support. Right? Um, you know, as a, as a lawyer, I'm a litigator, but I'm also an advisor of clients, right? So, you know, the decision as to who, you know, where Emma wants to go and obviously which colleges want her, right? That's, it's not my decision and it's not, you know, and it's completely out of my hands. So all I can do is really help Emma prepare and, and answer her questions. And if things go wrong, obviously I'm like the soft place to land, which I think every parent is in, in any sport, right? When they have bad days, you're always that parent to, to be there for them. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really my role is to just talk her through it. Like I would really talk to my clients or even just a friend. Um, she's 16 now, so she can figure these things out and, and she does. And she has a lot of really good questions on her own. And, and sometimes she asks those questions to me and I'll say, well, I don't really know. I, sometimes I'll say, ask Jill. Or I'll say, hey, why don't you Google it, you know? And, and so I really just kind of like I'm a direction steerer, you know? And, and because I think she's old enough and smart enough uh, mm -hmm. to get this done. Great. Oh, I love that answer. Um, do you think it will be hard to not answer for Emma if she gets stuck on a question on a Zoom call or when you do college visits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. I think, you know, it, what I've learned, so like you said, right, she's 16 and she's smart enough to figure this stuff out, right? Well, like, I'm just learning this about her, right? Two, three years ago, like, I, I wouldn't have said the same thing, mm -hmm. right? So I think part of our journey as parents is kind of learning our kids and learning what they know, what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. And so, you know, um, I, I certainly, I'd say more recently have learned, right, just to zip it. <laughs> and even sometimes we're on Zoom calls with you, right? Like I find myself wanting to jump in and I'll say, oh, no, no, I, Emma, you, you answer, you know? So I think all of that is a little bit of a process. And I do think, you know, we all have to train ourselves as parents. Like you kind of have to like remind yourself before the call, right? You know, zip it, let them talk. And then the only thing I could see myself doing, I guess, is let's say she said something and I was like, hmm, you know, did that really come across? Like, 
you know, I, I could see myself jumping in going, well, I think what she meant was this. And then I think, you know, should I do that? That's a judgment call on the spot, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I think that's, that's, uh, I'm going to train myself to make sure I don't do that for sure. That is so good. You know, there's nothing that, like you said, really trains us for this moment with our child. You know, it's much different when you work for a company or own a company, probably, maybe even your situation, where you might be trying to train another lawyer or whatever, or prepare them or whatnot, and they struggle in a situation, you're all in a room, and you need them to come across well for your own, you know, yeah. uh, company. Yep. And um, it's much different than when it's your child. There is something which we, I am a mother of three. Um, there's something that triggers us and happens even when they're little, like Vicki has a little one. And innately, we, we want to protect, which is how we're made, how we're wired. It's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. But um, so I think prepping, like you said, your own self ahead of time. And then one of my questions was going to be, how would you prep Emma beforehand? As a parent, would you have a little talk with her if she was open to it? Not a big one, but just like, okay, we're going into the Zoom. Um, I want to be your support system. You know, how would you talk her through it as a parent to mm-hmm. help her understand that you get it? It's not going to be easy for her. It probably, it may not be easy for you, but you promise to do your best to allow her to speak on her behalf. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you say, so like yesterday I listened to your podcast okay. <laughs> and, and one of the things um, I, I did talk to Emma about it. Every, just so you know, like typically your podcast occurs when Emma's at school, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes if I have a minute, I'll listen and then I'll kind of relay what you said or I'll, if I really think that's like, you got to go watch this, I'll try to watch it. Yeah. Um, but yesterday's I kind of gave her the recap and I said, you know, one of the things, you know, Jill suggested was that, you know, you and I talk before these calls to find out like, how involved do you want me to be? Right. And so I basically said, you know, when we get to that point, we'll, we can just talk about it then. Right. And, um, and, and I don't know, like, I, I, I personally, I think Emma can answer questions. Like she's very good at it. Right. So I do think some, if there was one thing I was, let's say, worried about is like, is the meaning she's trying to convey coming across, right? Because sometimes she'll say things that I'm like, I'm not sure that's what they asked, or I know what you really mean is this. And I think you said it this way. So we kind of joked yesterday. I said, I guess what I could do, Emma, is, and I kind of already said it on this call, like I might say, I think what Emma's trying to say is this, and then I just said, like, as long as we don't appear like we're arguing with one another, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. No, so we like that, and parents do that all the time. I'm sure Vicky's noticed that when we're on our regular calls. I love it when a parent clarifies because you know them best, and when you do it that way, and when you say it that way, it comes across as um, more of a you are unified. And you're just trying to enhance. You're not trying to answer for her. So I absolutely love that. That's wonderful. Okay. And I don't think that would come across negative to a college coach. So Okay, that's good to that's know. That's the key, right? Um, do you think you have prepared Emma for these kinds of moments 
in the recruiting process? That was, did I already ask that? That was one of my questions. Um, no, but I might've addressed it. I mean, I, I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what in Emma's life is preparing her now? Do you think uh, so outside of gymnastics, maybe what kind of things from friends, school, other things she's a part of might be preparing her, um, for this moment? You know, I think it's, a, oh, it's, I think it is so many things. I mean, definitely school, um, the, uh, you know, she goes to, to a school that's very, you have a lot of goal-oriented kids. And I mean, they do stuff like have business lunches and, and, and a lot of her friends have other things going on. So I think that when you have like a friend, want me to? Yeah, if you can, that'd be great. I can do that. Well, Laura's going to go and uh, put her dog out. Sorry, one is someone's at the door. That's someone's the at the I'm door. so sorry. <laughs> Give me one second. So Vicki, what do you think about that? Maybe while Laura's getting the door there. Um, how, how do you think um, coaches would, in, in regards to what we talked about earlier, would come across if a parent said, I think what my daughter's trying to say is this. Do you think that would be a, a pretty comfortable thing for a college coach to hear versus, Annette? what are some ways they shouldn't come across, I guess? Well, I think the way it shouldn't come across as if you were trying to speak for your, for your daughter or for your athlete. Um, I think um, in the way that Laura is saying, as far as clarifying or kind of questioning her, the daughter or the athlete a little bit to just make sure that they are clear for themselves in what it is, because a lot of times they might be a little unsure themselves mm -hmm. and, um, you know, having them question that, then their question themselves can convey more of what they truly feel to the college coach. Um, I think what you really want to stay away from is, especially if you're on a Zoom call or in person, any sort of eye rolling or shaking of the head or kind of the like, you know, the things that we all know teenagers can do as far as like, that's not what I mean. Or, you know, any sort of body language like that can be a red flag to the coach. So I think if it's all just really positive and, um, you know, lifting the athlete or the parent up in that sort of, um, you know, clarification, then it can be really positive. But if it's not done in that way, it can definitely be a negative and a red flag. Perfect. Laura, did you want to um, finish up what you were saying? Sure. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important, like, if kids are with other friends that, are, like, are similarly goal-oriented, I think that has really been teaching Emma a lot, because those kids are also preparing either academically or socially or even with, you know, for the NCAA, and I think that has had a big influence on her, but, you know, in terms of, I think, I think the hardest part of preparing her for this process is you kind of have to prepare her for the no. <laughs> and I think that that's really hard because look, I want her, she wants to go to college. This is her dream, right? And, and, and obviously we want that for her, but you know, all you can do is stay positive, do your best, work really hard and get that done. And sometimes, you know, I don't say it often, but sometimes I think it's important for kids to recognize like, 
there's a chance this couldn't happen. You know, it might not happen. It could be for injury reasons. It could be for any reason at all. And I haven't really quite like thought that through, right. but I think right now, right? Like I think you asked me like, how we were preparing her for this process, right. right? Like we've got two years left. And so I'm doing everything I can to help her prepare for her interviews and, and whatever else like we need to do administratively and emotionally. But I think there's that extra piece. Like, I think you got to be prepared just in case, because sometimes life doesn't always work out the way you want it to. And I hate that part of it, but it's thing too, is, too. you know, they, she might do a really good job on this zoom interview kind of a thing. And you might do a, a fine job and they could say, no, they could yeah. say, you know, you guys did great. We really liked you, but we're picking Susie, you know? And I think that's what you might be saying too is, wow. How do you put your kids out there <laughs> knowing that, you know, they could do everything right and, and get rejected. And Oh, it's like, you know, now I have grandkids. And so just watching them when they're playing with other kids and seeing them get their feelings hurt, or I mean, it's even worse with your grandkid. I mean, it's hard enough with your own. And then I'm going through it again, you know, and I just think, you know, that is really a normal emotion to have mm-hmm. in the recruiting process, whether it's rejection from this Zoom or just rejection in general mm-hmm. or not even getting recruited. Well, and, and that's what I, I try to talk to Emma about, you know, in, 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 a, in a more subtle way, right? Like, yeah, like you're going to get the no, you, obviously it's going to happen from one, one or more people, but you have to remember that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, right? And I think that's kind of why I do it. Like be prepared because it could happen, right? But also understand that people make decisions for a variety of reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. And so the reason I bring it up to her from time to time is really just to reassure her that, you know, there's so, so much of this is out of your control. And like you said, you could do everything right. And for whatever reason, this coach likes someone else for the team better. And that's just the way it goes. And I kind of think like that is a big piece of the preparation for me anyway, to make sure she understands, because I don't want her to lose her confidence just because someone says no. Right. It's so much more than, than that, you know? Yeah. And I came from a family where communication didn't, we, they were super committed, my parents, but they didn't really talk about these kind of things. Like I kind of had to learn them as I went, but they showed me things through their love and like how they showed it more. So I had to learn through my college years, how to get my feelings out, how to talk about things. And I love it when I, when I hear you say what you just said and that you're having those kind of conversations with Emma already, because then it's not secretive or it's not like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, just hoping it doesn't happen, that she doesn't get rejected in the recruiting process. And then when it happens, I think kids feel it's much worse. So I absolutely love that you're already having that kind of conversation with Emma. Well, look, at the end of the day, I, I kind of think and hope it'll make things a little easier if it doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to be prepared. Look, I'm not suggesting that we're sitting back hoping it doesn't happen. Okay, we right. want this to happen. Obviously, right. we wouldn't have even, you know, retained you if that was the case. Right. But like I said, there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then. <laughs> That's it. That's you know, it's unpredictable, man. <laughs> uh, 
Um, let's see. How do you think you will respond and what would be your fears or words you might say to yourself um, to do a good job? So I think what I meant by that was um, what would be some of your greatest fears? I mean, you just mentioned it, maybe rejection for your daughter, but do you have any other fears about how you might respond in the Zoom um, under that kind of pressure or any kind of fears in regards to um, the future of recruiting and potentially these kinds of moments? I mean, I think you always have that general fear of, you know, am I going to come across okay? Am I going to say the right or wrong thing? You know, but to your point, and maybe this is why yeah, I think you said you asked me to do this podcast, like, I'm pretty genuine. My Our whole family is very genuine. You're going to get how we feel about anything in response to your question. So I'm not really afraid of being genuine, because that's who I am. And I think that that's the most important part of it, because I think that's what the coaches are having the call for, right? Like, they're trying to figure out who you are, who the kid is, what kind of um, environment they're from. And so, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable with our family. I'm very comfortable with who I am and my husband and my daughter. So I don't necessarily, you know, have a fear in terms of like, you know, will I be myself or anything like that? But of course, I think you said it. it's just, you know, it would be a bummer if you're on the call and then they say no. <laughs> and then you're going to wonder like, oh, was it because I said this or she said this? I mean, you know, we're all going to do that Monday night quarterbacking and, and just kind of, you know, questioning whether we said or did the right thing. I don't know. I, I, that, I would say that was it. I, you know, it's, I just want to be the best we could be. That's all. Right. I love that. And I think from a college perspective, a college coaching perspective, and Vicki, maybe you can pipe in on this and then we'll move on. But um, I mean, I haven't really specifically asked these coaches, why do you have these Zooms with parents now? But I can only imagine once you get an athlete who arrives to your team and they really struggle with one, letting go of their family, and really everyone, I mean, all freshmen have an adjustment period. There's no, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, but coaches expect that. But I think what, what coaches struggle with is um, when parents are stepping in and trying to um, still manage um, their, their freshmen's life. Um, by calling the college coaches or um, getting involved. Um, now, there are certain times when I think parents need to for safety reasons. We've talked about this before, huh, Vicki? So safety reasons, mental health reasons. There are certain times when coaches would thank you for making that phone call. But all the other stuff, uh, college coaches are really trying to see, can this athlete in these Zoom calls um, – maturely step into being a student, being an athlete, being away from home, being a part of a team, uh, contribute to the team emotionally, physically, um, communicate their feelings. Um, that's all they're trying to see. And sometimes a Zoom call is not going to tell you at all, but it can really, you can really see um, when, it, when it, I see it all the time, when parents are sitting there and they're allowing their athlete, their, their JH girl to lead the conversation, 
and speak how she feels. And there's a calmness, you know, to the whole room and nobody's doing it perfect. And a lot of times they don't, they have a lot of questions. That is not a problem to a college coach. You know, I think it's, it's just more the other stuff that they're trying to um, see how will this athlete step into my team and function? And um, would you say, Vicki, I mean, what thoughts do you have on that? I think that's the overall thing they're looking for. Yeah. And I think that this is just the evolution of recruiting, especially going through the pandemic. And we had a year, year and a half where coaches couldn't get off campus. They couldn't have girls on campus. So they didn't have those visits with coaches or with athletes and their parents. And so they had to go to some sort of zoom call because that was the only way they were going to get face to face. And now that they're allowed to have visits and stuff again. I think that some coaches have kept this as an initial step um, to truly weed out who might be really good fits for them, who they want to bring on campus for an official visit um, as a way cost savings. Now that they've had to go through it that way, um, it's now just become a part of the process for some, um, which I think was a result of the pandemic. Mm. And I think the other thing, um, for parents to remember, which is another thing that coaches are trying to gather from these Zoom calls or visits is, you know, to your point of can this athlete come in and transition and adapt um, is because once they're 18, which most of them are when they get to college, the coaches aren't allowed to talk to the parents. And so while as a coach, you want the parent to reach out if there's a safety issue, Unless the medical staff says there's a safety issue that you have to breach that confidentiality, coaches can't reach out to parents and say, hey, your daughter's really struggling or, you know, I'm really concerned about this. It all has to stay in house unless the athlete says, yes, you can talk to my parent. And so, you know, that can be really scary as a coach. And I know that there were lots of times that I wished I could call a parent and I wasn't able to because the athlete didn't want that shared with the parent or whatever. And so I wasn't allowed. And so um, that's another reason why they want to make sure those athletes will be able to, um, you know, transition and thrive on their campus um, because they can't just pick up the phone and say, Hey, I think your daughter needs some help. And that's due to the HIPAA law. So families understand that. And I've heard that they might make adjustments to that because of all the mental health issues going on with athletes right now. But for now, I don't know any different. I haven't looked it up, but that's very true, Vicki. Very true. That's a great point. Okay. So I asked Vicki to prepare um, some questions. So take it away, Vicki, that she put together. Yeah. So I kind of put together some questions of, you know, What can parents ask on these Zoom calls? What should they be asking about? Um, You know, most of the conversation and most of the questions should be coming from the athlete. Things like, what's your coaching philosophy? You know, where do you see me fit in your program? Things like that. But um, the parents can certainly ask questions surrounding um, safety. So safety on campus, things like, you know, what is the college doing to create a safe campus? Um, you know, if there's going to be late study hall um, and the athlete has to get across campus after hours, you know, is there a safe ride? Because um, usually the athlete is not t- 
typically asking questions like that. Um, so things about safety, um, safety of the surrounding area, because a lot of times the athletes will move off campus after that freshman year or so. And so, you know, questions about are there safe areas around campus or what things that we should be worried and concerned about, things like that. Um, so anything to do with safety like that. Um, also questions about that medical support. And so how does that work? Um, you know, as far as is the school the primary and then you as the parents insurance is the secondary, what sorts of medical bills might you be responsible for, whether you're on scholarship or not. Um, certainly for international um, student athletes, is there an additional um, international insurance that you're going to need to get to be covered? Um, and those are for, you know, medical support, whether it's an injury and, you know, it's something simple like a, a sprain or a surgery um, or the mental health side, you know, um, what resources are available from a medical standpoint. Um, those are all questions parents should likely be asking through the process. Um, and then of course, financial questions when it's the right time. And that timing is often um, the crucial factor in that as far as um, you definitely don't wanna be asking about a scholarship for your athlete. Um, but you know, when the coaches get to the point of either offering a scholarship or offering a spot on the team, asking questions surrounding maybe financial aid, um, if the coach knows, um, has any information on any additional merit scholarships that um, the athlete can apply for. Um, and just, you know, what are the ultimate costs, especially if you are being offered a walk-on position, what are the costs for tuition and fees um, so that you can make a, you know, a decision based on, again, if it's not a scholarship, can you afford to send your athlete to that school? Um, what sort of additional expenses might there be? Um, you know, most schools cover most things for their athletes um, and they would cover that for scholarship or walk-ons, but certainly some schools have larger big budgets than others. And so some schools may provide grips for everybody on their team, whereas another school might just not have it in their budget at all. So is that something that as you go through, you may have to purchase a couple pairs of grips throughout college, um, whereas another school you don't. So questions surrounding those sorts of finances so that you can use them in your decision-making process. And of course, add them to what are the costs to get to and from campus um, so that you can you know, have a very clear picture of what it would cost if you accepted a spot on that team. So I think those are the main topics for, for parents to ask coaches about are usually safe spaces for parents to ask and not um, necessarily the questions that the athletes would be too concerned about. You know, one question I've been asked a couple times now is, um, are we allowed to ask what um, the head coach's contract, how long their contract is? And, you know, we didn't have long contracts when I was coaching at Oregon State. So I was never asked that question, but, or at Cal State Fullerton, but um, because we're seeing a lot of gymnastics coaches, I think moving around a lot, they're becoming more used to it. So I asked one of the coaches um, at a big 10 school, how would you feel if, you know, a parent asked that question? Cause usually the kids aren't gonna ask that question. So she said, I, I think it's great. 
yeah, I love it when, you know, they ask me that. And so, you know, that was just one coach. I need to ask around a little bit more, but I just want you as parents to know, they don't see that as personal. That's, it's not a, I mean, it's kind of personal, but it's, it's really not. They, you know, I think it's an okay question to ask. Lots of coaches don't have long-term contracts. So don't be surprised if, you know, they say mine's year to year. Um, we're seeing it more, but it's definitely not like uh, super common with the lower ranked teams. Some of the lower, they just don't do it that way. Uh, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, I think if, you know, you've the, the athlete really connected with the coach, you know, you could probably ask yeah. it in the context of, you know, you guys seem to gel you know, yeah. we'd really like to see that continue for four years. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be a question to ask when you're really close to making a final decision. So they've already made you an offer and you're excited about it and that you just thought of this, you know, and you just kind of wanted to find out, you know, you can ask that. I think another great question, which this coach who actually does Zoom interviews with parents told me. She thinks kids should be asking, how long has your staff been together? And I think that's a really good one, too. Um, it speaks volumes. When I know that was a big thing at Oregon State, that we had been together, uh, my head coach, me as an assistant, and the other assistant, for 10 years. And that was something we really used in our marketing to the recruits and their families. So you might want to either watch for that or ask that question. It's a-okay because it does really speak to the um, consistency in their program and how they get along usually and um, that they're going to be there maybe for a longer period of time, things like that. Not always, but, you know, it says they have experience together, you know. Good. All right. So that is pretty much all I have. Do you guys have any other points or thoughts or comments you'd like to make before I wrap it up? good well thank you so much yeah Vicki I was just gonna say I think what what like what Laura said earlier just being authentic and who you are um, can go a really long way um, you know obviously the coaches are trying to put in their best foot forward you as a parent and family and athlete is trying to put their best foot forward um, you know but just being really authentic and um, you know embracing whatever part of that process that is without you know thinking I'm better than this program or I want something more or whatever, just totally embracing that, seeing what opportunities are available to you um, can go a really long way in, in, in building that connection and, and showing the coach um, what you as an athlete and as a parent or family unit is like. Yeah. Another big thing I'm doing with my JH girls is actually doing like a mock practice um, with questions and they have to answer. And if they answer really short, then I, I make them go to deeper, you know, deeper thoughts so that they're just not used to it. So if I ask them a quick question, why do you want to be on our team? And they say, well, it looks like fun and you guys all get along. And also then I'll say to them, well, where did you see that? How do you know that? And then they have to talk about it, you know? And then, so, um, you know, I think doing, practice sessions like that has been a really fun thing for me as an advisor. And I think it's a really good thing for them. And um, 
then lastly, I also want to say, if you're a JH family um, and you're in the thick of starting conversations with college coaches, we have just recently prepared a PDF for you. So be sure you ask for that. And it's a whole list of questions that you can be prepared for as an athlete that college coaches may be asking you on the Zoom calls or on phone calls or visits. So thank you so much for joining me here once again at College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. And thank you to my guests. And um, we look forward to continuing to put out there all the things that you want to know about. So feel free to email me anytime. And remember, there are two um, guidebooks on the website. Um, there's one on just regular setting goals for college and the other one's for campus evaluations. So. Thank you again for joining us and have a really great day. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.